0: Chapter 57 of the story of the Thirteen Colonies This is a LibriVox recording all LibriVox recordings are in the public domain For more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org The story of the Thirteen Colonies by H. A. Gerber How England Treated Her Colonies The people in England had seemed to think all along that the colonies in America ought to do all they could to enrich England. Their idea was that the mother country had a right to the earnings of the colonies, so they treated the colonists like little children not old enough to think or work for themselves. Among other things, the English made laws about trade and navigation, which were very good for England, very bad for the colonies for instance they said that the americans should not sell their tobacco rice sugar furs etc to any country except england any colonist having any of these things for sale had to put them on english ships and pay freight to carry them to england then he had to pay duty before his produce could be sold Some other articles could be sold to other countries, provided they were sent over in English ships. But no vessels from foreign countries were allowed to come into any of the American ports, either to buy or to sell. And if a colonist wanted something from France, he had to get it by way of England, although it cost him much more. As if all of this were not bad enough, the English were so anxious to sell the goods they manufactured that they said the americans must buy of them instead of making such articles for sale thus a farmer could hammer out rough tools for his own use from the iron dug up on his land but he could not even make a hoe for his neighbors in any other colony the women who spun and wove their own flax and wool cut and made ordinary family garments and plaited straw which they sewed together for hats Not even sell a pair of mittens in the next colony. If the New Englanders wanted to exchange codfish for Virginia tobacco, they either had to send it by way of England, thus paying for its being carried twice across the Atlantic, or else they were obliged to pay heavy duties. In her fear that the colonies would sell to other countries anything she could use, England even forbade Americans to cut down any very large or straight trees without her permission. She said that all this timber should be kept until she needed it as masts for her vessels. Of course the colonies did not like this, but they bore it for a long time as patiently as they could. Other countries did not approve of England's trade and navigation laws either. Both the French and the Dutch, for instance, wanted to trade with the colonies as the coast was very long and there were custom-house officers in only a few of the towns some foreign vessels managed to slip into small bays unseen and thus began smuggling goods in and out of the country as long as france owned canada smuggling could not very well be stopped for french or dutch vessels caught along the coast said they were on their way to or from canada and that they had been driven out of their course by contrary winds but when the last french and indian war was over foreign vessels no longer had any excuse for coming near north america the british therefore declared that they would now seize any foreign vessel they met and search any house where they fancied smuggled goods could be found orders to search houses were called search warrants They gave government officers the right to go over every part of a dwelling and look into every closet and drawer. But people like to feel that their houses are their own, and that no one can come in unless invited. Knowing that those search warrants would make it easy for any officer who happened to dislike them, to annoy them constantly, the Americans naturally objected to them. The man who first spoke publicly against these search warrants in the old state house in boston was james otis When he declared that this was not right he was told it was done in great britain as well as in america Otis then answered that as the british had a share in making that law They were of course obliged to obey it But he added that the americans had no seats in the british parliament and had had no share in making the law and were therefore not bound to respect it Many of the colonists agreed with Otis so the British officers did not dare offend them by making frequent visits to their houses But they kept ships along the coast to chase all suspicious vessels and see whether they had any foreign goods on board this proceeding was almost as disagreeable to the colonists as searching their houses one of these boats, the Gaspee, in pursuing a colonial vessel, ran ashore in Narragansett Bay, Rhode Island, in 1772. Before it could be worked off the shoal, which is still known as Gaspee Point, a number of the best citizens of Providence came in disguise and set fire to the ship. But although the British said their flag had been insulted and tried to find the guilty parties, they never could lay hands upon them. End of chapter 57